Welcome to the Dying Desk Podcast. Um, this is going to be a solo episode today, so hope you like the sound of my voice because it's a whole lot of me. You know, my kids aren't crazy about it these days. They're a little over me at this point, but uh, they don't have a choice. You do. And I do appreciate everybody who does tune in each week. A um, little background on what's been going on lately. We're in a weird transition time at KCRA in that we are looking at getting everybody back into the station. So it has actually taken a lot of work behind the scenes to get back to what at least will look a little bit more normal. And then in the meantime, I've been in Olympic mode once again, and this year it is a hot mess <laughs> dealing with athletes. Um, the athletes are great. They've actually been fantastic, but I'll tell you, it is challenging to track people down and we're not doing things the way we normally would, where we would go out out and watch people doing their workouts and doing all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a lot of emails, a lot of text messages, a lot of pictures being sent in files I can't open and all that kind of thing. So I'm telling you this because we are gearing up for season seven of the Dying Task podcast. And I have enjoyed season six and the focus on resilience and overcoming hard things and doing things bigger and better despite whatever life throws your way so much that I'm transitioning the Olympic season to be more of that um, because I think the Olympians can teach a lot of us so many things about mindset. I mean, they train in that. As hard as they train physically, they actually train the mental part of it just as much. That's something that started happening about 10 years ago, and I'm just utterly fascinated by it. So we are going to be taking in an Olympic season for the next couple of months, talking to lots of athletes, not only people who are going to Tokyo and people who are trying to qualify to go to Tokyo, but also some of our favorite Olympic alums as well. And I think that some of their life hacks will be fascinating to you. So that's what I'm working on behind the scenes. So I've taken a couple of weeks off from this podcast to be able to focus on that. And um, my brain is tired, so I need to do an episode on how to clear your brain. <laughs> so I thought I'd do a solo episode today. And today I'm going to do an episode about how to develop a morning routine because there are three questions that I get all the time when people find out where I work. So the first one is, what's Teo really like? Answer, exactly what you think. And then some, thank goodness, because he keeps me entertained. Second question is always, who does your hair and makeup? Um, answer to that one is me. So if you send me a nasty note telling me that I should fire whoever did that to my face, it's filed as a note to self. And then the third question is almost always, what time do you get up and how do you get up so early? And that's always where the conversation gets really interesting with people. And the answer to that one is, I have a morning routine. I have a really strict morning routine that I have kept now for going on 20 plus years. And honestly, it's the only way I've been able to stay on the schedule as long as I have. I am one of the longest running morning anchors in the country. And that is a feat of resilience in itself, but it's also super, super unusual because most people do burn out on this shift. It's miserable. Um, I have not. And part of it is that I'm not wired correctly, probably. <laughs> I'm a little different, no doubt about that. But the other part of it is I'm super disciplined and my morning routine is everything to me. So that's the one that people really kind of get curious about because we all need some sort of a routine each day. And morning starts at different times for all of us. But my morning routine, I'm going to tell you, is just simple, stupid, simple. 
it never changes. It puts my days on autopilot. And when you get up four hours before the sun wakes up, that is a big deal. So on this time to ask why I think you should develop a morning routine, how to figure out what should and should not be in your morning routine, and why I think most morning routines fail. We are talking my favorite time of the morning and one of my favorite things on this week's Dying to Ask. I'm Deirdre Fitzpatrick, and I've been anchoring morning news for more than 20 years. I know two things. One, that phrase, I'll sleep when I'm dead, is starting to seem likely. And two, the best conversations take time. Dying to Ask is my chance to have longer, more meaningful conversations without a producer yelling rap in my ear. Personal change requires personal growth. And these days, plan B is the new plan A. Ready to do life bigger and better despite the Rona? This is Dying to Ask. The Dying to Ask podcast is brought to you by Dr. Drew Davis. So how did the consult go with Dr. Davis? It was amazing. He couldn't have been more caring. You are one of a kind. And at Kaufman and Davis Plastic Surgery in Sacramento, your experience will be as unique as you are, starting with a consultation with Dr. Drew Davis. So did you book your surgery? Yes, I did. Uh, it's so exciting. You know he's the only one I trust with my face. Kaufman and Davis Plastic Surgery can help you realize a more beautiful you. Visit thenaturalresult.com. So if you were just listening closely in that intro, you probably heard a beep beep. That was actually my dryer going off. And I was going to re-record that whole intro. And then I thought, no, because that's kind of the whole point of my, my podcast today about my morning routine. Because the real focus of my morning routine is speed over perfection. You got to do things fast. And so I went ahead and just left that in because I don't know about you, but my life is far from perfect these days. I am a super type A person. I think I've told you I'm a three on the Enneagram, the achievers. So, you know, that's not helpful in a pandemic. But I have definitely learned like sometimes you just have to get things done. And I think a morning routine is really like that. People ask me, oh, see, I just dropped something. And you know what? I'm leaving that in the podcast as well. That was a magnet that just fell. <laughs> Speed over perfection, people. So the people often ask me, and they're very fascinated, um, kind of like when you look at a zoo animal opening up a banana or something, how do you get up so early? I get up typically these days with the way my, my morning shows are scheduled now. I'm up by 2 a.m. And the first alarm goes off at 2 a.m. There's one at 2.09. I wake up to an Apple Watch because I, at, at some point in my life, I couldn't stand listening to alarms going off in my head anymore. You know, I just couldn't do it. Plus, it wakes my husband up. So I wake up to a buzzing on my arm. And that, for me, is an easier start to the morning to have to get up when you're getting up at oh dark 30. That, for me, works a little bit better. Um, so when people say, how do you get up so early? Sometimes I'll joke, well, I don't do it for free, and I don't. But usually I tell people I have a really good morning routine. And when I say that, two things happen. One, people move on because they're just not interested. Or two, if somebody has struggled with getting a morning routine going, they'll be curious enough that they want to know what I do. And when I tell them the very little kind of boring things that I do, they're surprised that such small things make such a big difference. But I will tell you they do because on the odd time I haven't done them, oh my gosh, the morning is awful. And sometimes I'll even tell Teo, rough morning. In fact, I always tell him if it's a rough morning because I find that with a good partnership, and you probably find this with the people in your life, I'd rather just tell you, 
um, grab the wheel today <laughs> because I don't know that I should be driving. I think it's, you know, you got to put that stuff out there. But my morning routine honestly is kind of everything for me because for me, a morning routine is basically automating the morning by taking decisions out of it that eat up the bandwidth that you don't have when the alarm goes off. And if you have kids, a spouse, pets, you've been working from home, you name it, bandwidth is like scarce these days. So it's that feeling that you get if you're running late and you can't find your shoe, you didn't make a lunch, and you feel like you're already starting off behind the eight ball. That is an awful feeling. But a morning routine, a good one that you get perfected, basically can front load a system so that things like not being able to find your shoe cannot happen. So if you find one that works for you, I guarantee your stress will go down, you will start the day feeling more productive, and you will have a sense of accomplishment, and you'll probably get better looking. Okay, kidding on the last one. But in my case, you will have more time to focus on your hair, which is critical on TV. Okay, so I really believe in this. So the first thing that I'm going to tell you, and I've got three things because I like threes, power of threes. Number one, morning routines don't actually start in the morning. Spoiler, they actually start at night. So step one to front loading your morning is to automate. Anything you can do ahead of time, do it. For me, that is everything from what I wear to how I get ready to what I eat. And we're going to go into the weeds on this one. Okay, this is, this is how much I think about this. <laughs> this is where people start to go, are you for real? Yeah, I really am. The night before, I actually put the coffee pod in the Keurig, I make sure it's filled with water, and I take the mug and I put it underneath the spout. Because when that alarm on my wrist goes off at 2 a.m. and I stumble in the kitchen, I pour myself a cup of ambition by hitting one button. Thank you, Dolly Parton. One button, coffee's on the way automate, right? Got to have the coffee. I go through scripts from home before I head into the station with the way my schedule is set up right now. So how do I automate that? Everything. How can I automate it? Okay. So I automate it by my work laptop is already set up. I'm logged in. I hit refresh for all those nice fresh scripts that my wonderful overnight producers put together. And I go right into reading scripts and fixing typos. And I can do that pretty quickly because I've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> okay, so that's how I automate that. Okay, gotta eat. Girls gotta eat. Food. How do I automate food? I eat the same thing for breakfast all week long. So it's either hard-boiled eggs, it's oatmeal, it's a breakfast sandwich. Not super fun, but you know what? Breakfast doesn't have to be super fun. Save that for a Friday night dinner. I grab it, I throw it in my lunchbox, bam, I'm done. And that is a tip I actually picked up from nutritionists who have said like, breakfast doesn't have to be a production. You just, breakfast is functional. You just need some protein, some carbs. You need something in your stomach so you can think, okay? Breakfast is automated. Now, let's talk about what you wear. Like every other female news anchor in the country, I wear a uniform anchoring the news. It is a solid colored dress twice a month, and I really do do this. I put out 10 dresses, so two weeks worth, and I line them up and I throw my necklaces on the top of the hanger. 10 of them in a row, it looks like a rainbow. But when I get up, I do not think about what I'm wearing. Now, if I do wake up and girls will get this, guys won't. If I wake up and I'm like, I'm not red today. <laughs> or I don't think that's gonna fit today because I had something else to eat last night that maybe I shouldn't have had. 
Um, I just move on to the next one. Like move down the rainbow friends and find the next thing to wear. I mean, Steve Jobs did this to perfection, right? Wore the same thing basically every day. Men have been doing this for years. They change out a tie, big deal, right? So I ought to be, oh my gosh, hey. All right, brief pause because that's not perfection, that's a barking dog. Hang on a moment. And we're back. <laughs> I'm seriously gonna leave every interruption in this podcast. And I hope there aren't too many more, but I'm not promising anything. Ah, speed over perfection, friends. That's the keto morning routine. Okay, so where were we? We were talking about clothes. Um, I mean, basically, like what we're talking about is eliminating decision fatigue, right? So the goal is to just not think about basic things that in the big picture really don't matter. What you're eating, what you're wearing, really doesn't matter as long as you're meeting the end result of getting food in your body and clothes on your body as well. And the reality is I'm not telling you anything you have not read in every women's magazine since the dawn of time. But here's my secret sauce. This is the thing that um, when I tell people, they're like, you don't really do that. I say, yeah, I really do that. And it works. You know how Instagrammers put an outfit on the floor and they take a picture of the outfit on the floor, like, like in a fake person kind of thing, as if they had a body drawn out kind of crime scene style. Like you'd ever do that with clothes. They call it a flat lay. I do my version of the getting ready flat lay. The night before, I take a washcloth and I flat lay everything I need to be presentable enough to leave my house and face another human being. So we're talking my contact lenses, toothbrush, toothpaste, face wash, deodorant, sunblock, whatever I need. There's no looking for anything when I get up in the morning. Everything is there. And if it's missing, I've already figured it out the night before. I've already found that thing that's missing when I still have bandwidth in another drawer. And I started doing this at the Olympics years ago when you really are working 21 hours a day and having an extra 30 seconds is a big deal. And when not being able to find something is a big deal because if you don't get out the door of your apartment at that moment, you're gonna miss your bus. So I started laying my things out, like everything. And it made an instant in instant impact in how I felt stress-wise. So I do my makeup at the station, but on days that I'm not working, I'll even put out the makeup. And this is how in the weeds I get with it. I put things in the order that you use them. Really, kind of like a chef does in a kitchen. If you've ever been in the, the kitchen of like a really nice restaurant, the way a sous chef lines everything up is to eliminate stress and to make things go really quickly. It's all streamlining. And my roomies at the Olympics have made fun of me over this. But anyone that I've shared this hack with thinks it's ridiculous until they actually try it. And then they'll say, oh, I did the flat lay. <laughs> so dumb, but so effective because you will save time. And in saving time, you get to step two of my morning routine. So step two is try to get a sense of accomplishment before you even leave your house in the morning. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, I am a raging three on the Enneagram. I found that out, talked about it on a previous podcast with Renee Deneen, if you want to go back and listen to that. So the three on the Enneagram is the achiever. I'm also a boy mom who is constantly sleep deprived. And I hate that feeling. Hate, hate, hate. Tell me if you relate. Of driving home from work. For me, that's usually around noon. And knowing the chores that are waiting for me. I hate it. So what I do 
is I front load the day by I get a chore out of the way. We're talking like a two to five minute task. I'm not cleaning the house from top to bottom, but I might start the laundry. I might fold one basket of clothes, hate folding clothes. I might pay a stack of bills real quick. And I try to get one quick chore done because then I'm leaving the house and I'm like, oh, I got that done. I mean, it's all mental, right? All of it. But it does make me feel better. As a working mom, as a human being, it gets me out of the day and it makes me feel like if nothing else goes right today, I folded that basket of clothes and that was really awesome. Okay, and then step three of the morning routine is something doing something that's good for me physically. So for me, that's two things. It's drinking a big glass of water and moving my body. So that could be just stretching because stretching wakes you up, friends. Um, but drinking the water, and again, this is nothing you have not heard. I mean, like, oh my gosh, everybody's talking about drinking water like it's new, <laughs> but drinking water does make you feel better. It will wake you up. Trust me, because I get up in the middle of the night. I know this one. And if you start your day with coffee, like I do, you start your day dehydrated the second you start drinking that coffee. So it is so important to drink a big glass of water while the coffee is going. So I guess I left that out earlier, but I do drink a glass of water, which I leave beside the bed. I drink that on my way to go push that one button on the coffee machine. And then here's another little trick that I do. I leave a hydrofat flask, you know, those really nice water bottles that keep everything cold for like seven years. I leave one in the car almost at all times. And I drink a whole one of those on my way to work. And then I drink a bottle of water on my way home as well. So it's kind of a little perk you up. It's super good for you. And when I see my colleagues who are all now, this is a thing in my office. Maybe you've seen this too. They all have those big, giant gallon things of water with the markers on them. And it says, you know, 8 a.m., drink here. 10 a.m., you should be here. And it's, I mean, it's like they're drinking this massive amount of water, but it's all by the day. That, that bottle stresses me out just stresses me out looking at it. <laughs> and it's kind of a workout carrying it too. So um, when I see them carrying that, I get a sense of accomplishment because I know that I am winning my own personal H2O game, but in a, an easier way and in a really streamlined way. So, you know, drink your water, move your body a little bit in the morning, just get yourself waking up. And again, I promise you, it just starts the day off right. So to recap, step one, automate, take the thinking out of the steps to go out and greet human beings. Step two, get something done. One small chore, just one, one that you can take pride in the fact that you do not have to do later. And then step three, drink some water, move your body. That's just what grownups do. Okay. I'm going to like just put on my thinking cap. What are people going to be saying right now? If you've listened to this, um, what do you do if it doesn't work? Give up. No, no, kidding. Change it. You got to tinker with your morning routine until you find something that works. And you know, your life changes. So when my kids were super, super small, I had a little bit of a different morning routine. It involved feeding a child at two in the morning. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have to do that. Sometimes, however, it involves telling a child at 2 a.m. to get off the video game. I have now entered into that realm. So as life changes, your morning routine might have to change. Maybe it'll change with the season. Maybe it will change as your job changes or as your kids' needs change. That definitely throws things for a wrench. 
And you will know that your morning routine isn't working when you stop telling yourself that it helps, right? And you will know that you are fine tuning your morning routine when you just stop thinking about it because you will just do it because it saves you time. You will do it because it makes you feel calm. And it gives you a sense of control in a time, especially this year where it has felt like we don't have a lot of control over things. So I would encourage you to find your morning routine. And maybe it's not going to be the silly little things that I do. In fact, it probably won't be. But I'll bet there are some things that you could realize right now you always do because they work for you. Identify them, write them down, and then commit to doing them for say 30 days. They say 30 days to form a habit. Um, We have had 14 plus months of new routines because of COVID. So maybe it's time to start busting up some of the bad habits we've picked up over the last 14 months. Or if you have picked up any good new habits in the last 14 months, A, let me know about them. Um, but B, maybe figure out how to keep them going too. In my book, you have nothing to lose but frustration or stress. And that works for me. I would love to hear about your morning routine. So let me know what works for you. Maybe some of the things that you've tried doing to streamline your mornings. Message me on Instagram at runreadsip. And if you feel inspired, would you take 30 seconds and leave a rating or review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now? I'd totally appreciate that. You could screenshot the episode, just share it in your stories as well. And look for the launch of season seven soon. It's an Olympic season of the Dying Desk podcast featuring Olympians focusing on how they fine tune their mind mindset and have developed and fine-tuned their resilience as well. And a big thanks right now to our wonderful Dying to Ask podcast editor, Brian Lau. He, like me, is a perfectionist and having to work around dogs barking and dryers beeping, I know, put him to the test. And so Brian, thank you for leaving all that junk in. Speed over perfection, friend. Okay. Talk to you guys next time on Dying to Ask. The Dying to Ask podcast is brought to you by Dr. Drew Davis. Jill, it's been six weeks. How have you been feeling? I feel like I look 10 years younger, and I finally look as young as I feel. Plastic surgery can change your life for the better in a variety of ways. And Kaufman and Davis Plastic Surgery in Sacramento will help you achieve your goals, starting with a consultation with Dr. Drew Davis, one of our board-certified plastic surgeons. Dr. Davis, I can't thank you enough for your care and compassion from start to finish. You're so welcome. Kaufman and Davis Plastic Surgery. The best you is what we do. Visit thenaturalresult.com.